Well, hey, uh, we kicked off this series that we're in called Screen Time in week one. If you remember, we talked about how do you apply good theology to your technology. And then in week two, we talked about how do we make our platforms a little less polarizing, and that was really all about loving your neighbor. Uh, today, we want to talk to you about how we know that screens can be anxiety machines, and uh, they, really do, they really do ramp up uh, the anxiety centers, and so it's good to remember that the Lord is our shepherd. But I'm not going to teach it, because I won't do as good of a job as this guy. A man I respect, our high school pastor, Pastor Colin, is coming out. Let's hear it for him as he comes out right now. He may actually be better looking than me, but I'd like you to see for yourselves, I'm taller oh than he is you know what? right now. Take a look you know at what? that, your face. Just, you know, Shane's wearing boots today. That's all I have to say. All right. All right. Anyway. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, hey, it's good to be with you guys. Uh, if you've got a Bible, you can turn with, uh, with me. Psalm 23, that's where we'll be. Um, I wanted to ask you guys, uh, as we start off in this screen time, talking about this, what is your guys's? Uh, I, I want you to just yell it out on three. I want you to just tell me what is your favorite thing to watch, all right? TV show, uh, it's on Netflix or what, whatever it is, all right? Tell me what is your favorite thing to watch on three. I just, I just want you all to yell it out uh, all at the same time. I'm going to listen to every single voice and I want to hear it. All right, here we go. Ready? One, two, three. All right. I didn't hear. Oh, I heard Hallmark. That's the only one I heard. All right. I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. Well, hey, uh, man, we, the things that we watch, the things that we watch have an impact on the way that we live and more than we even know. I, I, can I introduce you to someone? This is my dog, uh, Cooper. Uh, I think there's a screen, uh, picture of him on the screen. Uh, his, like I said, his name's Cooper. Uh, this is him at home, and this is him hunting uh, two of his favorite places, waiting for the baby to drop food. And, uh, and waiting for, uh, you know, birds to fall out of the sky. And, uh, and so, um, but, but he, uh, we, we, we love to take him hunting. He loves to hunt. And, uh, and honestly, sometimes he is, he is so smart. And, like, he can find birds and he can do all the things. But, but sometimes he's just, he's just so stupid. Like, I mean, let's just be real. Like, sometimes he just does things and I'm like, dude, what is your problem? Don't elbow the person next to you because I know you know people like that. But, but this Cooper, uh, a couple weeks ago, we were hunting. And, uh, and what he likes to do is, um, he, he like, when we're walking out, we're walking out in the dark, it's like four in the morning, we're walking out to the spot we're going to hunt, and, and, uh, and Cooper likes to run in front of us, and he does this thing, he likes to sniff around, and then he comes, but he doesn't run off, he just kind of runs up, and then he runs back, checks on us, okay, everything's good, going out, sniff, sniff, come back, right? And, and so this is what he's doing this morning, we're walking out, and, uh, and we're walking down, and he's, uh, and he's doing his thing, and all of a sudden we hear, it, again, it's dark, it's like really early in the morning, we hear this big thud. And, 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 you know, I mean, it's dark, we don't really know what's going on, we, we can't find what's happened, uh, and, and we kind of just let it go for a second, but then we can't really find Cooper, we've lost him. See, the thing that uh, Cooper decided to do was he, uh, he thought that it would be smart to follow his urge, to follow his scent, whatever it was in him. This is why I say sometimes he just acts a little not smart. And, uh, and, and he, was, he was walking down this canal, and all of a sudden he decided to turn right. Again, the problem was we were walking along a canal. And uh, there wasn't anything to catch him when he turned right. And so it fell straight down and he fell straight into this canal and, and he was stuck. That's the thud that we heard. I, and so we're, we're searching everywhere, calling him, can't find him, can't find him, can't find him. Finally, 
Uh, it, it takes a lot of our time, but we're, but we're finally, we're, we find him. He's at the bottom of this canal trying to jump out. He can't get out. I mean, what a loser, right? But, uh, but I'm just kidding. But, he, but he's at the bottom of this. He decided to follow this urge or the scent or this thing that he had, and it landed him stuck in this spot uh, that wasn't good for him, right? And so we had, you know, we had to bend down. We had to actually pull him out. And, uh, and, and here's the thing. When it comes to our screen time, this might be our experience for a lot of us. We may not notice it, we, we may not admit it, or we may want to admit it, but the things that we follow have an impact on us. We are being led by our screens more than we know and more than we like to admit. And they're leading us to places of anxiety, of loneliness, of depression, where we become cynical uh, with the world around us, where we're fearful of the world around us. And, and, and I just, at the top of this message, I want us to help, I want to help us understand that the, the reality is these screens are here. Like they are, we have them, that they're in our pockets, they're everywhere. Like screens aren't going away. And the problem isn't really the screen. I think it's easy for us to play victim to the screen and say, I'm a victim to a screen. But the reality is, is, is you're not a victim. You've just given your life to the screen. You've decided that this is what I'm going to follow. The problem isn't the screen. It's, it's what you've given your life to. The screen only has power because you've given it power over your life. And so the question for us today is, do we know who we're following? Do we know what we're watching? Parents, do you know what your kids are watching? Do you know who your kids are following? And it's easy for us to allow our screen to become our shepherd. As we, uh, as we dive into this Psalm 23, I think it's important that we kind of understand what a shepherd is. And so if we, if, if we kind of just uh, look at what a shepherd is based off Psalm 23 and based off what we see shepherds doing, uh, shepherds give direction to stupid sheep, all right? I mean, like, that's just the reality. Sheep, they're not always that smart, and, and let's just be, we're, we aren't either, all right? And we, we, aren't, we, we are led by things, urges, and things that, we often aren't, that aren't often good for us, and we are in need of a good shepherd that can protect us and direct us. And so a shepherd is someone who protects and directs the sheep. Sheep watch the shepherd to lead them. And, and so here's the question for us today. Here's the first question. I think this one's on your outline. How do you know your screen is your shepherd? How do you know your screen is your shepherd. And, I, and I've got a few things, three different things that we're going to look at, three different things that, that show us, and they're all from Psalm 23. We're going to refer back to it. Uh, and, and here's the first one. Are we ready? Are we ready? Here's the first one. Uh, uh, you know your screen is your shepherd if you use your screen to decide what you want. You use your screen to decide what you want. What did the psalm say? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not, what? I shall not want. See, if we are constantly and consistently wanting, then we've got the wrong shepherd. If we are a people who want more and more and more and and are living in discontentment, then we've got the wrong shepherd. Did you know know that the average person, the average person sees about 6,000, everybody say 6,000, to 10,000, everybody say 10,000, 6,000 to 10,000 ads a day. Did you know that? 
Uh, we, I was laughing because just in the green room earlier, we were praying over today and whatever, and, and, and Alexa's on, and, and we just hear all these, we're, as we're praying, we hear like four different ads, and it's like, I just was laughing, because it's like ad after ad, we're scrolling Instagram and Facebook, and what do we see? New clothes, new hobbies, new this, new that, new whatever, right? It's ad after ad, and it's, it's, it's uh, fighting for our attention, right? How many of you, how many of you paid more attention to the commercials during the Super Bowl than the actual game? Anyone? Was it, Right? Let's be honest. Uh, or maybe, maybe it, it's not ads, but maybe we watch people on TV. We watch them remodel their homes. Oh, and then what do we want, right? Oh, we got to get the target run. There's another target run. We got we to put shiplap on every single wall because that's what they're doing, in the, right? I mean, we got to do it. We are people who constantly and consistently want more and more and more. It's easy to become discontent when everything is screaming at us, you deserve this and you'd get this. I, I mean, what's the commercial? It's my money and I want it. I want it now. I mean, what, what a selfish way to live. We are living in anxiety because we constantly, consistently want more and more and more. Maybe, maybe for some of us in here, you're saying, well, well I'm pretty content with what I have, but we use our screens to give us direction. We use our screens to, to help us find direction for our life. Right? It, it, let's say that you want to invest some of your money. So what do you do? Well, you go to your phone and you look up on YouTube. Well, I'm going to research all this stuff about crypto and I'm going to research stocks and all this stuff and I'm going to learn all these things and we're hearing all these voices. And what does YouTube do? YouTube traps us in the next video after the next video after the next video. All of a sudden we spent like three hours on YouTube and, and, and we're, we're hearing all these voices and yet have we spent time asking God what he wants with our money? Maybe it's not our money, but, but maybe some of us in here, we follow all these influencers. You know what I'm talking about? The influencers on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube or all these people who call themselves, I mean, I don't know how they get to this point of they're an influencer, but, but somehow these people, like, like they got famous for doing things that are probably pretty stupid, probably not very, in fact, actually some of these people got famous for doing things that are actually dangerous. You know that there is a, there are challenges on TikTok and Instagram, like things like the blackout challenge, where you hold your breath until you black out. People do this for followers, for people to see them. You know that there's something called the milk crate challenge, where they, they stack up milk crates and they got to climb up and over them, right? And you're just like, dude, you're literally trying to kill yourself. I mean, like, this isn't good for you. You're doing it all for the followers and the people, or, or, or we watch the, the, the people who become famous online because they're good at singing, right? If Justin Bieber can do it, so can I. Or, or, the, or the TikTok dancers that decide, I don't even know how these people get famous, right? Uh, right there's a girl, Char, I think her name's Charlie D'Amelio or something, some of you guys know her in here, uh, I, but she, you know that she earned $17.1 million in 2021 for doing TikTok dances. And so we're like, well, man, I can't dance, but maybe I can learn for $17 million, right? I mean, like, who, yeah, right? And so what do we do? We, we were like, okay, I, I want to become this, I'm going to be an influencer. And so we decide, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post to YouTube, I'm going to post to TikTok, and this is going to be my life. And all of a sudden, it consumes your life. Am I getting enough followers? Am I getting enough likes? Oh, oh I got to do another video. I got to come up with some other dance. I got to do this thing. And it becomes this burden on you and this cause of anxiety for you because your, the likes, the followers, they become your identity. They become who you are. And yet, have we asked God who he created you to be? Have you spent time in God's word to see the way that he created you? 
Maybe God didn't call you to be, maybe he called you to be in the background. And that needs to be, maybe he did give you the gifts to be an influencer for people, but maybe you're trying to force it and you're doing it without the grace of God and it becomes a burden. Where are you, what is leading you? In an age where you can be whoever, do whatever, or be whoever you want to be, we are in desperate need of a good shepherd who can give us direction and who can give us an identity. There is, there is freedom in being gifted with an identity by the one who knows you the most, the one who created you. There is an epidemic of anxiety and depression in a culture that, that preaches you gotta find yourself. I, I, I think it's so crazy that our culture says, be yourself, but on the other side, it says, it says, they say you gotta find yourself. How am I supposed to be myself if I can't find myself? And what does it even mean to find myself? And you see what our young people are facing and our, and our people, we gotta find ourselves, but what does that even mean? How am I supposed to do that? There's this, um, this quote that I found in this book called Drowning in Screen Time. David Moreau, he says, this is the age of DIY everything. Do it yourself, everything. Pinterest, right? Look it up on Pinterest. I got to do it on my own. And it says all the force, he says all the forces of maximal freedom are also forces of anxiety. And we feel lost in the infinite menu of options. An abundance of choices has caused us to fall into worry and anxiety about who we are and who we will be. We are in desperate need of a good shepherd who can lead us in the right direction, who can show us who he is and who we are in him. Psalm 1 says it like this, Oh, the joys. There is joy, it says, for those who don't follow the advice of the wicked or stand with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight. Circle that word delight. They delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. And here's, here's the question. Do you delight in God's word? Do you delight in God's ways? Man, I, I delight in a lot of things, but I'm guilty of not delight. I delight in watching Seinfeld. I delight in ice cream. Man, oh, ice cream's good. I delight in it, right? I delight in and out. I, we delight in a lot of things, but do we delight in God's word? Do we spend time there looking for direction? When the Lord is our shepherd, we have all we need. And so your screen might be your shepherd if you use it to decide what you want. And one of the things that, that all of us in this room wants is to escape pain. We want to find escape from pain. And sometimes we use our screens to escape painful moments. Sometimes we use our screens to escape painful moments. I love that the Bible doesn't pretend like life is always good and easy. I love that Jesus actually tells us like it is, that life is hard, that life is difficult. I I love the fact that Jesus, as our Savior and Lord, actually experienced that for himself. Because if we're honest, man, life is not always easy. There's pain, there's grief, there's loss, there's hardship. We got to make tough decisions we, we have to have hard and uncomfortable conversations. We, we might lose a job. We might be betrayed by a friend or a spouse. And the Bible doesn't pretend like these things don't happen. It, it, David says in Psalm 23, he says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he's assuming that we will. And when it comes to our screens, 
we miss out on the promise of that next part because we're so glued to this thing. What's the promise? You, I will fear no evil because you are with me. We, we miss out on who is with us in the valley because we're so glued to Netflix. And maybe it's not a painful event that we face or painful thing in life, but maybe it's just a painfully awkward moment. Anybody have some of those? I remember when I was in college, uh, going into college, into the college group on Thursdays, I, uh, I, felt, I, felt that, I felt painfully awkward. I was unsure. I'm an introvert, so I don't like putting myself out there. It's, it's, just, it's just uncomfortable for me. And so what I would do is I would walk in, and I didn't really know a lot of people, but I would walk in, and, you know, my phone's in my pocket, and I walk in, I sit down, or I stand in the corner, and what, what happens when it's awkward, no one's around? What am I doing? Pull the phone out, right? We pull the phone out. And, and then all of a sudden, what, I, I'm just standing there, and I'm just, I'm just scrolling my phone. I, I'm pretend, I, I was pretend, literally, I would pretend like I was texting because I had no one to text. If it was anyone, it was my mom. And so I was, I was pretending to scroll, pretending to text, all because I felt uncomfortable. And our, some, for some of us, our screens have become our security blanket. They've become the thing that we run to when life is hard. They become the, the thing that we run to when, when life is awkward. And, and we miss out on the real relationship that might happen on the other side of that awkward moment because we're so glued to these things. Man, we need to avoid the temptation to reach for our phone in painful moments. And maybe you've had a tough day at work and instead of running home and just going through the Netflix binge over and over and over again, or watching the news, I mean, what a bad choice. How does that affect your mood? Like, let's be real. And yet, this is what we do. We run to these things because somehow they'll give us just a little bit of we can escape reality for a moment. But when that thing is over, we're left with the reality of the pain. And Jesus says, I, I want to lead you through that pain. I, I want to walk with you through that uncomfortable moment. Because there is hope on the other side, and we're going to get there. The Psalms encourage us again. It says in Psalm 34, the Lord is near. Everyone say, the Lord is near. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. And it says, the Lord is near, but we are missing him near and next to us because we're numbing ourselves with our screen. And we think that it can put us to sleep, but... Man, it's not working. We feel anxious about the unknown, the what if moments. Man, what if this happens and, and what if this happens? And when we face all the anxiety of the what if, we go and we, we drown it all out with that happily ever after movie and the romantic Hallmark thing or whatever and we watch it and we think, you know, this, maybe I could just drown this out for a second. But again, at the end, we're left still with those what-if moments, those what-if questions. And here's the problem. We can, we can be anxious and worried about the what-if, or we can trust God for the even-if. That Amen. even if that happens, I know who's walking with me. Amen. Even if, man, I face the valley, I know who's getting me to the other side. Amen. Man, it's easy to allow our screen to numb us to the pain and then for some of us, it's, it's, it's easy to mindlessly allow our screen to fill up all of our time. And so here's the third one. When we might know that your screen is your shepherd if you use your screen to fill your free time. And again, this is one that we mindlessly do. We do it without even thinking. We do it without even recognizing it. 
And David wrote in the psalm, he says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. But we are guilty of being too busy for that because our free time is full of screen time. Our free time is full of uh, being glued to a screen. And, and again, I just, I just want to take a moment to say that I am not anti-screen. Anti these things are here to stay. We need to figure out how to relate with them in a healthy way with boundaries and with balance. I am not saying that we should be monks that move into the middle of the desert and never see a screen again. Like that is not what I think our response to this should be. Our response should be is what are we allowing to, to give us uh, what are we giving our attention to? That we give more of our attention and time to these screens than we do to the God that deserves all of our attention and all of our time. The, the problem is not that our screens uh, have, uh, it's not that we have 24-hour access to our screens, it's that they ha we have given them 24-hour access, access to us. I, I mean, think about it, right? Let, let's just... Let's just be real for a second in the room. How many of you, while, it, while we're sitting in service, worship, whatever, you got some kind of notification on your phone? How many of you? Like, let's be honest, all right? The rest of you are probably lying, okay? And how many of you, like, let's just be, again, let's be honest. How many of you pulled out your phone? Yeah, we pull out, we, we got to see what, at least just look, right? We just got to at least just see who texted me, see the update that I got from Sports Center or whatever, it is, right? Like, I just, I, I can't help it, right? I, I just, re I remember football season, it's like, man, I'm getting updates after updates, and I'm like, I got to fight that urge not to get, right? I got to put it away, I got to put on, do whatever, do not disturb, whatever the case is. We can't put it down. When it vibrates, when it rings, we got to pick it up. We got to find out. We're addicted. Now, raise your hand for me. Again, let's be honest. Raise your hand for me if you've ever been without your phone, or, or maybe it's just in your pocket, and you start to feel it vibrating or, or, or ringing, and then you look at it, and there's nothing there. How many of you? Yep, I'm guilty, right? You, you know that this is an actual thing? It's called textophrenia. That every single one of you just raise your hand, you suffer from textophrenia. You know that there is, there is an actual clinical name for fear of being without your phone? It's called nomophobia. I mean, this is a real thing. This is what we suffer from in our world. We are being led by our phones when they fill our free time. We are being led by our screens when they fill our free time. And, and here's the, uh, it's amazing to me how many of us can make the excuse that I just don't have time. How many of us make that every day? I just, oh, I just man, I just don't have time. I, I love, uh, the, the uh, students all the time always give me this excuse. Man, I just, I just don't have to, and I just, I gotta be honest, I can't help but just laugh a little bit. Because I'm like, dude, you have, you are a high school, you have more time now than you ever will in your entire life, right? And it's like, and like I'll ask him, like, hey, listen, hey, uh, uh, have, have, you been, have you been reading your Bible? And what do I get? I get the, oh my gosh, you just don't understand, Colin. And we, get, we hear the, the violin playing in the background, we get the sob story, oh my God, you just don't understand. I don't have time. Yeah, it's funny because you spent, uh, you spent all your time till 1 a.m. scrolling TikTok. I mean, you spent all your time playing video games and binging Stranger Things, and you spent all your time right here. It's funny that we don't have time for God's word or what's most important. The, the problem isn't that we don't have time, it's that we don't make time. If, we, if it's important to us, we will make time. If it's not, we'll make an excuse. And many of us, 
Many of us are guilty of making excuses so that we might fill our free time with screen time. Because it's easy, it's comfortable. And yet we need to be led by the Lord. I I was thinking about this idea in in the waiting room moments. What do I mean by waiting room? Maybe it's maybe it's in a literal waiting room at a doctor's office. Maybe maybe it's uh, in the line at the grocery store. I just mean those quiet moments in in a drive-through. Whatever it is, in those moments, what's rolling through your mind? Is it the lies of the world? Is it is am I scrolling Instagram and going, man, that person didn't invite me to this party, so now I start to feel worried that no one cares about me? Am I worried about the fact that that friend didn't text me back and they left me on red and then they posted on Instagram or TikTok and now I'm, I'm worried about the fact that, that no one cares and I'm hearing all these lies in my head? Or do I spend time in those waiting moments reflecting and knowing the truth of who God is and who he created me to be? And then maybe in those moments, we need to spend less time on our screens and more time with the people around us. That person in the grocery line, maybe... Maybe they need some encouragement. Where is our focus? We get to choose the things that we think about. Philippians says it like this. It says, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. It says, fix your thoughts on what is true. And how many of us, we spend so much time fixing our thoughts on what is false about who we are, about what the world says about us, and we need to be led by a good shepherd who leads us to truth. It says, fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Now, let's just be honest. Again, let's be honest in here. We are people who are honest. How many of us, if you would say that these are the things that we've just been talking about, I I am guilty of this. I'm raising my hand because I'm with you. We're guilty of doing these things. And so there's another option. That's, that's the good news. Man, we, uh, we allow our screens to be, become our shepherd. We allow the, the, the screen to decide what we want. We, we use the screen to escape painful moments, and we fill our free time with screen time. But Psalm 23 gives us another option. So here's the, here's the next question. What happens, what happens when you follow the good shepherd? What happens when you make it your goal to spend more time in God's presence? than in front of a screen. This is what we experience. You ready? Here's the first one. You experience regular moments of rest. You experience regular moments of rest. Man, we are a people that find it really difficult to rest. Because we go home and our work follows us home with this thing. We we go on vacation and are we really on vacation? No. We get in the texts and the emails and all the things. But we go home and, and we, we, we go home to spend time with our family and yet we spend time glued to this thing. Do we actually spend time with our family? Are we experiencing regular moments of rest? If we can't seem to find rest, maybe we've been following the wrong shepherd because Psalm 23 tells us, it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. I want you to circle that still waters because I was thinking about still waters and, and uh, I love the fact that a sh- when, a sheep, when sheep are led to still waters, they have no reason to fear. They, they don't have to be afraid of, of receiving the things that they need because the, the water is still. It's not rushing. They, ha, they don't have to be anxious about all the things going on around them because the shepherd is leading them to still waters. 
And, and I thought about still waters because a lot of, a lot of my, me- a lot of the good memories that I have, a lot of the bad memories that I have, like I have a lot of great memories on a boat. But whether those memories are good or bad really depend on the water, right? So let me show you. I've got some pictures of like some good moments. These are some great moments. I've got, you know, my wife and I went fishing. My fish was bigger, by the way. And, uh, and then we've got, you know, my brother. And then uh, this is my dad and my little brother uh, a while ago. You can see the waters. And then this is actually from Israel. We were on the Sea of Galilee. and It was amazing. These are some of the moments and memories that I have where, where being on water, it, it was a great moment. It was a great memory. Now, there, there was a time just a few months ago where being on the water was the opposite of this. Me and my friends, we were going deep sea fishing. And, uh, and man, I, I'm not the, I've never really been the type of person to like get car sick, like seasick wasn't like a thing for me. And, uh, and I just gotta tell you, this was one of the worst experiences I've ever had in my life. Because there was nothing but rollers after rollers after rollers, and it was awful, okay? I mean, this is us. You can see us, that, like all of us were just knocked out, uh, like laying, because there was nothing else we could do. I mean, it was, I spared you the pictures of us actually, like we got some pictures of actual puke coming out of our mouth, I, but I spared you on those because it was, it was awful. It was bad. I think I caught maybe two fish in between blowing up chunks. It was bad. It was bad. It was not good, Right? It, it, it was not, it was the most restless I've ever felt. But maybe, maybe this is how we feel. We feel restless, we feel rocky, we, we can't seem to catch a break. And we feel caught and stuck in anxiety and worry. And I just got to tell you that Netflix binge isn't helping. In our discontentment, disorder, and dysfunction, we have a good shepherd that promises still waters that says, listen, hey, come with me because we're going to walk through the valley. And on the other side, we will get to the other side because I'm with you and I'm leading you. And when we get there, there's still waters where there's no need to be anxious, where there's only need to rest. When we're with the shepherd, we find real rest. Uh, Philippians 4, it says this. Maybe this is one that you've heard before. It says, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. And then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. And I know that we hear this, and some of us who face anxiety, some of us who face discontentment, some of us who face depression, we hear this and we go, that's too easy. That, that can't be, like, don't worry, just pray. Like, like that's just a cop-out. But I just, you are missing out on talking to the creator of the universe who can actually do something about your anxiety. When all you do is you tell all the screens and you try to zone it out and try to do all these things, but the, but the God of the universe desires for us to come to him in complete surrender and say, God, I can't do this. I need you. We are in desperate need of a good shepherd that can lead us through the valley and walk with us. There isn't anything too big or too small to bring to Jesus, and he's inviting you to bring every part of your life. Our screens, they only, share, they only share one part of our life. Jesus wants all of it. He desires that you come to him with everything. And here's the good news. It doesn't change his love for you. It's because he loves you that you can come to him with everything. 
no matter how big or how small. And sometimes, here's the thing about rest. Sometimes the good shepherd, he has to pull us and drag us into his rest because we are going one way, and man, we need to be pulled the other way. So here's what we see. When you follow the good shepherd, you will be challenged to walk in God's ways. You will be challenged to walk in God's ways. Verse, Verse three, it says, he restores my soul and he leads me on paths of righteousness. Those paths of righteousness will feel offensive to our sinful nature and our sinful desires. I, I heard a, a pastor or preacher say one time that, that the gospel is always necessarily offensive. It will always be offensive to who we want to be, the, the desires that we have, the sinful nature that is in us. Verse four, it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You are with me. When we follow the good shepherd, we're invited to give up our ways so that we can walk in his. I love this picture of the rod and the staff. Uh, I, I found a cartoon picture. This was like the only one. I, I know it's kind of cheesy, but it's the only one that I could find. And, uh, and I, but I think it paints the picture pretty well uh, of this, like the rod and the staff, they comfort me. The rod, what is the rod used for? The rod is used for protection. The rod protects us, and the Lord, well, understand this, the good shepherd fights for you. The Lord fights for you. Last time I checked, these things don't fight for you. They only fight for your attention. And the Lord fights for you. How do I know? Well, Jesus went to the cross for you. Jesus says in John 10 that the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The Lord fights for you. Your rod and your staff, they come for me. And the staff, the, the staff is, uh, is to correct the, our direction. That you have a shepherd who loves you enough to not leave you where you are, but correct you when you're wrong. And I wonder if many of us, we're, we're like sheep, we're headed for this cliff, we're about to fall off and we can't even see it because we're so buried in our screen. And the good shepherd is saying, no, come on, let's go. And it's a comfort to know that we have a good shepherd that invites us to follow him, that corrects us when we're wrong. Why is it a comfort? Because it's an indication of his love. Think about it. Any good parent is going to correct their kids when they're wrong, right? If your kid is standing out in the middle of the street and there's a car coming, what, are, are you going to stand there and you stand on the sidewalk and go, hey, sweetie? Hey, if, if you feel like it, if it's, if it's comfortable for you, the sound like our phones, sound like our screen, if it's comfortable for you, would you just come out of the street? No, like if we're a loving parent, like we are running in the middle of the street, we are putting ourselves between that car and our kid, and we are grabbing them and pulling them out, and this is how the Lord corrects you, and it's a comfort to know, because it's, indica- it's an indication of his love for you. The good shepherd loves you enough to correct you when you're wrong. I read this uh, Tim Keller quote last week, and I love it. It just punches me in the gut a little bit every time I read it. It says, if your God never disagrees with you, you might just be worshiping an idealized version of yourself. It's a comfort to know that we have a God that corrects us. Man, when we follow him, even when it's hard, we can look back and we can see that, you know, it, it was good, that his goodness and his mercy is where he was leading me. 
that, what, like the psalm says, his goodness and mercy will follow. So when you follow the good shepherd, here's the last thing. You look back and you see God's goodness and mercy. You look back and you see God's goodness and mercy. Psalm 23, verse 6, we read this together. I love it. It's surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Guys, we can find confidence in our good shepherd when we look back and we see his goodness and mercy. When we look to our past and we see that, you know what, I, I couldn't have gotten through that without his goodness and his mercy. And I know that there's some of us in here and we're sitting here and we're saying, but, but Colin, you don't know my past. You don't understand how difficult it is and how hard it was for me back there. And you don't know that the Lord was with me in that moment. And I just want to say, I just want you to understand that he was walking with you every single moment whether you know it or not. I understand you think that. I, I thought of, it reminded me of this story and I just want to end with this uh, story from, uh, it's from C.S. Lewis. It's actually one of the Chronicles of Narnia books. If you've never read them, I recommend it. But this one is The Horse and His Boy. I think there's a screen, you know, of the cover or whatever. But just to end this, I want to read this part of the story because I think we can relate to the boy in the story. See, the boy is, it, it, he faces all of these difficult things in his past. It's, it's, his life is pretty difficult. And in this moment, he's on this place where he's on his horse and he's walking through, he's walking on this path and it's dark and, and there's fog and he can't really see and, and he starts to feel, he's, it, he, says, I, he says, I got left out. How many of us have ever felt left out? And then it says, it says, being very tired and having nothing in him, the boy, his name is Shasta, he says, he felt so sorry for himself that tears rolled down his cheeks. And I wonder how many of us can relate to those moments where it's just, gosh, I'm so overwhelmed, so worried that I can't help but tears roll down my cheeks. And I know that we can relate to this place. But then all of a sudden, Shasta starts to hear these footprints next to him. And he starts to notice that this thing is walking by him. And he's a little bit afraid at first. And he hasn't, he's really unsure of what's happened. And he, he's kind of afraid. And he, and he starts to go, oh my gosh, this thing's going to kill me. It's a ghost. Oh no. And this thing, it, it breathes on him and shows him, no, 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 I'm not a ghost. I'm actually here to help you. And I'll just give you a spoiler. It's actually Aslan, the lion. If you know anything about Chronicles of Narnia, it's the, it's the picture of who Jesus is. And so what, what Aslan says is he says this. He says, tell me your sorrows. He invites him. To, hey, just, just tell me what's going on. And Shasta, he, he, starts to, he starts to complain about his past. He starts to go on about, you know, I didn't know my father and mother, and, and I was raised by this really mean fisherman, and I ran from him, and all of a sudden I, I got chased by these lions, and my friend was wounded, and all this stuff, and, and he's complaining about his past, complaint after complaint, and I love what the lion, this voice, he says. I think this one's on the screen. After he's done complaining, he says this. I do not call you unfortunate, said the large voice. Don't you think it was bad luck to meet so many lions? Don't you think it was bad luck that all my past looks like this? There was only one lion, said the voice. What, do you, what on earth do you mean? I just told you there was at least two. And, and he says, no, there was, there was only one. But he was swift of foot. And he says, how do you know? I was that lion. I was there every step of the way. 
And it says, Shasta gaped with his mouth open and said nothing. And the voice continued, I was the lion who forced you to join with your friend. I was the cat who comforted you among the dead. I was the lion who drove the jackals from you while you slept. I was the lion that was there when you didn't even know it. And it goes on and on and on. And, I, and what I just, the reason I read this story is because what we might call unfortunate, he uses for your good. The places where we might not understand, we may not see, the good shepherd is there and he's walking right next to you. And when we look back and we see that goodness and mercy have been following me, we have hope to follow him in the future. I mean, the fact that you are here today, sitting in this room, watching online, wherever you are, is proof that his goodness and mercy have been following you all the days of your life. God's presence, provision, and protection in the past gives us hope for the future. And so who is your shepherd? What are you giving your life to? As we pray, I just would invite you to, to do something with me. If you, would, uh, if you would just take a posture of surrender with me, whatever that looks like for you this morning, whether that's getting down on your knees or holding your hands up like this or just holding them out like this, would you just, as we pray, would you just uh, get in some kind of posture, if you would feel comfortable, just some kind of posture of surrender as we tell him that we have given our lives to him. Does that sound good? All right, let's pray. Jesus, I surrender my whole life to you. I confess the ways that, that I can easily be distracted, that I can give more of my time to screens, that I'm full of anxiety because of it. And Jesus, I want to give you all of me. Please, we, we need you. We are in desperate need of a good shepherd who can lead us. Challenge us in the ways that we are walking away from you and help us to walk with you in confidence. We thank you, Jesus, that you lead us in still waters, that you lead us in paths of righteousness, and we trust you with our entire life. We love you, God. In your name, amen.